Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. I want you to understand the context of what was going on here. So he, the apostles when they returned told him all the things that they had done. So they're excited, they're coming back and they're telling him about the miracles and the amazing work that they had done in his name. So he took them aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him and he spoke to them. I want you to imagine this for a second. Miracle, sign, and wonder is done by Christ. And he is able to heal those who are lepers, who are blind, those who are broken, those who are... Every, every difficult situation is brought before him. And you see, of course, what's naturally going to happen to a person who is uh, a healer. Multitudes are going to draw towards him. Multitudes are going to draw towards him. You could imagine that when, uh, when Christ walked into a place, it was almost like when a patriarch or a bishop would enter into a place. It's a lot of people. I'll tell you a funny story. Years ago, His Holiness Pope Shenouda was coming to consecrate a church in New York that I served in. And I remember during that time, I was, you know, young and I was in good physique, I was in good shape long time ago, and uh, they, said, they said, Chris, my name back then, they said, Chris, you are going to be part of the security team for His Holiness. So I said, great, that's exciting, I get to be close to His Holiness. So all of a sudden, this woman, they said, you have to be careful though, you have to make sure that nobody comes near His Holiness. You know, he's old, he's fragile, if anyone touches him, you can knock him over. So I said, okay, I'll do my best. So this woman, the day where his holiness was coming, and imagine he's coming down the aisle and you have like people surrounding him, like, like surrounding him in a circle. So this woman says to me before she walks in, before he walks in, she says, listen, I need to take the blessing of his holiness. And I said, okay, you can just wave to him, greet him, you know, you don't need, she's like, no, no, I need to touch his shirt or his like cassock. So I said, I'm sorry, you can't do that because if you touch him, you could knock him over and he's a very old man. And she said this in Arabic, but I'll translate in English. She says, if you don't let me touch him, <laughs> if you don't let me touch him, I'm going to bite you. And now I'm in a, I'm in a situation now where I'm trying to figure out, do I put my own arm at, at, in, in, in stake here for his holiness and for me to sacrifice my arm or his holiness get knocked over? But the funny thing that happened is, you know, she comes and from a distance, she's coming and she's trying to reach for his holiness. And of course me, I am, uh, you know, worried about getting bitten. So I let her touch his holiness, <laughs> not gonna lie. <laughs> but anyway, I, I tell this funny story to contextualize, you know, the, the fervor that Coptic people have when holy men enter into a place. And imagine the multitudes that came after Christ and imagine how much they longed to be around him. As I was reading this passage today, I kept thinking to myself, how much do I long to be in the presence of the Lord? 
How much do I long for his healing? How much do I long to be in his embrace? How much do I long to sit and hear his word? How much do I long to be as those people were, where he spoke to them about the kingdom of God and he healed those who had need of healing? Is there anyone in this room today that doesn't have need of healing? And I think the, the, the struggle for all of us is we don't think we have a need of healing sometimes. And because we have no need for healing, we don't come to the physician. You know, many times a person is sick for a long period of time and they avoid going to their doctor. And because they're worried of what the outcome is, they're worried that if they go to the doctor, the doctor will tell them some things need to change in your diet. You know, maybe the food that you eat is compromising. Maybe the things that you're doing are compromising. Maybe the habits that you have are compromising. And I think sometimes there's a fear of us going to the great physician to find healing because we think we don't understand his character. We don't understand the character of him who is here to heal us, here to give us hope, here to encourage us. And when the day began to wear away, the 12 came and said to him, send away the multitude that they may go into the surrounding towns. You may look at this passage and you may say, why would the disciples do that? Like, do they, are they trying to get people away from the Lord? Like, are they tired of the crowds and the multitudes? Or they genuinely worry about their food to get provisions for we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, look at the response. You give them something to eat. Menin, like from where exactly are we going to give them something to eat? We're in a deserted place. Like where are we supposed to give him something to eat? And this is the hero of the story. We have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. We don't have much. We don't have much to offer you. We don't have much to feed the people with, but we have these small loaves and these two fish. And when you think about the, the, the thing that Christ tells them versus the response that they give, it, it doesn't add up. Like it doesn't add up for him to say, you feed them. And they're like, oh, actually we have 5,000 people, not including women and children. We have five loaves and two fish. Like it, logic doesn't meet here. Like you feed them. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to send a Peter, James, John. You guys go to this city. Thomas, Nathaniel, Bartholomew, you guys go here. You split up. Let's divide and conquer and let's go get food to feed all these people. No, they don't do that. They say, actually, Lord, we have five loaves and two fish. And that's all we have. So what does the Lord say? He says, sit them down in groups of 50. And I want you to imagine this for a second as they're organizing the people in groups of 50, what did they think was going to happen? Like, okay, we have five loaves and two fish. We have this small volume of food. Like what is going to happen in this story? Like how is this situation going to play out? Then he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed, broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled. Here's the point that I want to leave all of us with today. Five loaves and two fish to you and I seem nothing. Seem impossible to feed 5,000 people. Five loaves and two fish presented before the king of the universe, presented before the Lord of all ages, presented before the prince of peace, presented before the one who's made who is able to make the stars shine and the, and the sun to twinkle and the mountains to move. He's the one who's able to do all things, are able to feed 5,000. Five loaves and two fish equals seven to us. Five loaves and two fish feed 15,000 before the Lord. 
And here's the question that I want to ask every single one of us who are here today. Is there something in your life in this moment, in this day, that seems to be impossible? That seems to be, okay, I've done everything that I possibly could. I'll tell you a story. A few days ago, my, uh, you know, for any young gentleman who grows up in this country, the most important thing that they look forward to is the day that they have enough money to give their, their significant other an engagement ring. So a few days ago, my wife looks down at her ring and she notices that the diamond is gone. It's gone. So now, of course, she calls me up in a panic and she says, I don't know what we're going to do. How are we going to find this little diamond in the midst of the whole busyness of the day? And I said, don't worry, money comes and goes. In my mind, I'm having a heart attack because this was when I was working. It was like my whole life savings to buy this ring. But don't worry, it's going to be okay. Don't worry. And in my mind, there is 0% chance that we're going to find this little diamond. 0% chance. And I think the way I, I speak to God is I never ask God about the little things. Like, I, I, I'm embarrassed to come before God before the sake of a diamond. Like, I just... So one of my friends was visiting me yesterday, and he said, have you prayed about this? And I said, no, to be honest. I don't pray for, like, lost items. He said, ask Emba Wenness. I said, come on, man. I know Emba Wenness. Yani. Like, I get it. He said, no, no, you should, you should pray about this. So I, in my heart, I said, God, I'm embarrassed to ask you for this little diamond, but if you see fit, help me find it. In my mind, I just prayed it as he was telling me this. Sin, I kid you not, three hours later, I'm in the laundry room, and I'm frustrated with the situation, with the amount of laundry that I have in my house, and I'm upset about it. And then I look down at the floor, and I see the diamond sitting right there. Just a little loose diamond, not the ring, the diamond. A little loose diamond. And I am, I, as I was preparing for this sermon, I kept thinking to myself, how much am I like those who come before the Lord that say, Lord, we have five loaves and two fish. This is an impossible situation. There's nothing that we can do. And these are the little things. Like, again, we, we think that God doesn't care about the little things. We don't think that God worries or, or cares about my worries. We think that God is distant and he's aloof and he is absent from my hurts, absent from my struggles, absent from my circumstances, but he cares about the little things. The very hairs of your head are numbered. And I want you to imagine this for a second, that if God cares about the feeding of these 5,000 people and he gives them not only enough to feed them but 12 baskets left over, how much does he care about you? How much does he care about the circumstances that you're going through today? How much does he care about you in your struggles, in your hardships, in your ability to pay bills, in your ability to provide for your family, in your ability to get ahead in what you want in life? How much does he care? Do you think God is distant? Do you think God is absent? Do you think God is a God who doesn't have any focus on the little things? And if you see him that way, then you won't go to him. I unfortunately often see him that he only cares about people in their struggling marriages and the conflicts that we have in church. So I go before him for the big things. My spiritual father had taught me years ago that actually you don't even need to pray at times for the little things. Because if you are always putting yourself out for the sake of others, praying to the Lord for others, 
you, God knows the desires of your heart. God knows what's going on inside you. God knows the things that you need. So when you are modeling the person of Christ, which when you're thinking about others and putting the interests of others before your own, God knows the desires of your heart. Now, I had taken that to an extreme, that I stopped asking him for the little things. And I think today what God is asking us is, is there something big, small, something you think is too far, something you think is too impossible, something you think is too illogical that you can ask before the Lord? See, what did he do? He took the five loaves and he looked up to heaven, he blessed and he broke it. He blessed and he broke it. What little you offer him, he's able to bless, to grow, and to multiply. What little prayer you offer, what little time of worship you offer, what little time of Bible you offer, what little time of attendance of church you offer, you will see how much God is able to bless and to multiply. My struggle is that for many of us, we don't even offer the little because we think it's illogical. What is this prayer going to do? What is this attendance of church going to do? What is this Bible, st- Bible reading going to do? Watch and you see. Watch and you see when you give God a little what he's able to do. Watch and you see when you give him five loaves and two fish as he able, he's able to f- feed 15,000. Watch how when you ask him to do something that you think is impossible, he's able to do the miraculous sign and wonder that you never thought you could imagine him doing. Try him. Try him today. If there's a prayer that you think is illogical, if there's a situation that you think is too far, if there's a difficulty you think that is beyond repair, try him. Try him and you see how he's able to take something so small that you offer him a little prayer and multiply and do something great. I imagine the disciples never made that mistake again. Never doubted what he was capable of doing. And me, I never doubt him. His ability to find a little diamond or his ability to do anything that I think is even illogical for him to do. My logic oftentimes is not God's logic. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. So ask him, try him today. If there's something that you're going through, present it before him and you watch and you see the things that he can do in your life. You stand before him today, the altar. He's not a God who's distant. He's a God who stands before us right here, who offers himself to us. Abuna stands, he breaks, and he offers. And what does this do? He breaks, he offers this Eucharistic table for all of us, and it's given for all of us, for, forgiven for remission of sin and eternal life to those who partake of it. Given for remission of sin and eternal life to those who partake of him. So this is the feeding of the 5,000. We offer something very small in bread and wine. We break it, and God is able to give give us healing, remission of sin, and eternal life to those who partake of him. So please, this is a perfect five loaves and two fish experience that we have every single week, where we offer him something small, and he returns it to us with something far greater. May we all come before him today asking him to be the one who heals, the one who is able to split the five, the, take the five loaves and two fish and feed the 5,000 is the same one who is able to heal me, the same one who is able to serve me, the same one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ever think, dream, or imagine. Glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart, and we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.